Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Be strong and courageous. God's talking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and courageous. I'm telling you again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm telling you, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left. Oh, then you will be successful in everything that you do. Well, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study. Study. Go back to school and study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey. Now we're studying. Now we're obeying everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. And I'll ask you that same question. Doesn't that sound good? Prosper and succeed in everything that you do. This is my command. Now I'm commanding you because it ain't a feeling. You ain't going to feel strong. You ain't going to feel courageous. I'm commanding you be strong and courageous because you feel afraid and discouraged. Who's he preaching to today? For the Lord your God, oh, He is with you wherever you go. I could just mic drop right there, say follow that and let's go, but I got more to say. So uh, take a second. I want you to turn to your neighbor uh, um, and and let them know as, as you take a seat, what's something you are uber, super, uber competitive about, but you shouldn't be? Something you're super competitive about, but you shouldn't be driving to work and racing somebody. I don't know. Take a seat. Say hello to somebody. Tell them what you're competitive about. Online, I want to know what are you competitive about, but you shouldn't be. Some of you, some of you, you learned last week you're super uber competitive about the Dallas Cowboys and you shouldn't be. You got all excited, Cowboys and Broncos. You could have been, you could have been at church last week praising the Lord in His name, and instead you stayed watching the Cowboys cussing up a storm. I'm going to harass you a little bit. I'm going to harass you a little bit. I'm glad you guys are here. He says, study this book continually. Meditate on it and obey everything written in this book and you'll be successful. Now, context, they're about ready to go into war. I don't want study. I don't want scripture. I need strategy, Jesus. Come on. I want to know how big their army is. I want to know how big those walls are. I need, I need, if I'm going to be successful, we need some strategy, not scripture. But this is a spiritual battle just as much as it is a physical one. And he's, he's helping Joshua understand that. Competitiveness, man, it is in my family's genes. We are super uber competitive about things we should not be. Uh, even with our boys, we're, I, got a, I got a six-year-old in kindergarten. And so we're learning how to rhyme right now. So what rhymes with, with hat? Anybody want to help me out? Hat, cat. 
All right. How about um, book? Look. All right. So we, we, we're just doing that. We're learning. But as soon as you're doing that, we turn it into something competitive. Name a word. Whoever shouts out the rhyming word correctly fastest, you get a point. And, you know, and so we're in the car and all of a sudden we're doing rhyming words and we're starting to fight because I said it faster. And I'm like, we shouldn't be competitive about this. We're just trying that we turn a learning game into something brutal. Ping pong. Oh, my wife and I, we do not own a ping pong table because it was going to end in divorce. All right. It was it was bad news. We used to own a carport. Our first house was a carport and we had the ping pong table out in the carport. And Reed and I would, would just be be playing but we would get competitive and get into it. Well, the, the, my driveway was at an angle, all right? And then at the street, here comes the street, and it was even more at an angle. And I just always happened to be where my back was towards the street. And so every now and then we're playing, and, and Rita would get it in there and be like, you know what, I don't care about winning the point. Kabam, you know, and she's just going to sit, and she would aim that thing at me too, you know. And, 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 and I would duck or whatever if it wouldn't hit me, but then it shoots down the carport and then it goes down the street. And so she's laughing at me while I'm dodging cars trying to chase this ping pong ball. We, we just get too competitive about ping pong. Unfortunately, I think that table broke. I don't know why, but it don't matter. In my family, you get something that, that we're super competitive. It, it doesn't matter. We will find a way to make it competitive and challenge each other. It ends up usually being a disaster. Um, it's funny when we're talking about games. It's funny when we're talking about parenting. It's not so funny when we're talking about life. And, and Paul says, hey, I want you not only to run the race, but when you run this race, run it to win. We did a whole series at the start of this year saying, hey, let's run 2021 to win. I don't want, I don't want a lukewarm faith. I want to win this thing. I want to live it for things that matter. And we're in a series wrapping up this year called Living Legacy. And we want to we we tie a bow on this year to say we want to live for things that matter. And for a lot of us, when we think about that word success, when we think, he says, I want you to prosper and be successful. Now, most of us, we will think about earthly things and earthly success. If I'm being honest, that's my go-to. But I, more when we have legacy that we're talking about, and I, we're going to talk about dreams, and I want you to dream, and I want you to dream big. Because I believe God has planted a dream inside you, God-sized dreams, to do something amazing, to do something big. But I'm more about that less than earthly success. I want, I want significance, eternal significance, things that are going to last 80 billion years from now that are going to matter. And we don't see it because it's spiritual. But I'm telling you, it's just as true that your Father sees what you're doing and it matters in eternity. And I don't want us to lose sight of that. Legacy, we talked about last week, is, is less about what does God want me to do because that's typically my go-to. Well, God, just tell me what to do and I will do it. But more times than not, God is, when He's leading you on this life, on this journey towards your legacy, towards your dream, He's going to tell you who to be. Who does He want me to become? Ask that question and the Bible comes to life. If you're taking notes, uh, I would encourage you, write that down. Who do you want me to be? It's better than what do you want me to do. And the more you ask, who do you want me to be? And the more you meditate on that, and the more you obey that, Joshua, the more successful you will be, the more significance you will have in, in what you're doing. The Bible says this in Psalms. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
Now, I always took that verse. I, I love it. Okay, Jesus, I love you, man. And here's my desires. Christmas list time. Here you go. Uh-uh. I think about this when it comes to God calling me to be a pastor. I knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. It still took faith because I was like, eh, is that really what you want me to do? But if you were to ask me, I have people say, well, how did you even know you were supposed to be a pastor? Is that something you always wanted to do? And the answer is no. No. Big fat no. I do not want to be a pastor. I had a great job. I, I, I had my own plans and my own purpose. My heart's desire was not to be a pastor. But when, when you start saying, I'm open, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and speak to me, whatever you want to speak to me. I'm open. My mind's open. My heart's open. You tell me, you speak, and I will go and do it. And then he speaks, and then you start to obey that. When you start to encounter Jesus in your life, he starts to change your heart. He starts to change. You get into the word and it speaks and he, he gives you a word. We are, as a church, we are in a season that we do every year where I'm saying you seek God, you get a word from God in this season. We're going to all bring it and celebrate it on December 12th. What's your word from God in 2021? What's he speaking over to your life? This year, my, my word was now. Be present now. He's got something for you now. Be ready now. Be in the moment with your kids now. I don't know what he's going to speak to you, but he starts changing your heart to who he wants you to be. And when you start aligning with that, all of a sudden, my heart's desire is lining up with his heart's desire, and I'm starting to live out my purpose in life. Take delight in the Lord. I love you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you no matter what. And he starts changing your heart. That's great. That's great for you, Mike but I got these options. I don't know what to do. How do I know? How do I know what my purpose is? How do you, how do you know if, you're, if, if God's calling me into ministry or if God's calling me to this new job or if he's calling me to this time? How do you really know? I, there's always going to be an element of faith. I will still question if God rather really called me to be a pastor sometimes. But there's always a, 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 an un, undescribable thing of peace along the way. Like there's still obstacles in the way. There's still things that will try to, to challenge me. There's still fears and anxieties and worries. But there's always a little bit of, there's this peace that I can only describe kind of comes from God as I'm facing those challenges that, that kind of have guided me along the way. And I'll give you an example. Last week was, uh, we, had, we had service. We had a prayer time. And then I came up and, and I preached the message. Now, if you were here last week, I don't know if you noticed anything or not, but I, I wasn't ready because there was just like a, a spiritual heaviness that just wrecked me right after the prayer time. And I wasn't ready for some sort of sideways spiritual attack last week. Wasn't looking forward to ever. And I was just, I got through the message, but over half the week, I was just really down and discouraged and having a lot of frustration with God. And what are you doing? And I'm on your team. What's going on? I don't understand. And just trying to pray through all these things. And as you know, for me, I'm like, that wasn't a peaceful moment. But as I'm seeking God and, and, I'm, and I'm meditating on him, he's kind of guiding me saying, no, I, you're on the right path. Keep going. And there's a peace like you're keep taking steps forward. Don't give up on a Monday. 
just because you had a bad Sunday. I remember another time of unrest in my life when Freedom Church just started. December of, of, or November of 2017. It's like anniversary week of this moment for me in my life. I'm flying out to a conference in South Carolina. I'm trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? Where am I supposed to go? I had just finished up seven months of interviews with seven different churches all around the country because I thought God was calling us out of town. Reed and I both felt like he was saying, you're free to go, let's go. So we started interviewing and all of them just slammed the door shut. Like we had really solid, solid interviews. Every single one of them would be like, oh, obviously God has perfectly aligned me and us at this moment and in this time for this. Fantastic. Boom. No, thank you, Mike. You're a great candidate. We really like you, but the answer is no. Okay, God, what's going on? So I'm, I'm stuck and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. I'm on your team. What am I supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? So I'm flying to this conference. It's a pastor's conference. I really just use it as an excuse in many ways. Like I wanted to go to the conference and it filled me up. But I was like, I just need a word from God. I need a word from God. And I feel like this is going to kind of just help drive this home. Me, three days, no kids, just me and God. We're going to hash this thing out. And we did. Well, then uh, Perry Noble, he he's, he's a, was kind of helping lead this conference. If you know Perry, you know he he got... He, anyway, he's a pastor, he's a mega church pastor, got in some trouble, still pastors a, a church, uh, whatever. I don't care. God spoke to me through him, and that's in this conference, and I don't care. I love Perry. He still speaks to me today. Perry was leading this conference, helping other pastors, and I just kind of talked to him a little bit and just tell him how he had helped shape some of my life, told him a little bit about my story in between sessions, just a fine little conversation, a couple minutes, and that's fine. Then later on, he has a Q&A session where we can start asking questions. And, and I raised my hand, asking something about church and leadership and different things. It was just, it was a, a genuine question that I had. But he looked at me square in the eye, had no reason to say this, but he looked at me, he said, you need to start a church. <laughs> he knew just like a thread of my life. And anybody, I've had other people who had told me I need to start a church and I looked at them, whatever. But through that moment and him saying that and given all the circumstances that I was leading for, it was one of those moments where God spoke through him and it spoke exactly to my soul. I've had a few of those moments and that was it. And I'd gone there saying, God, I need a word from you. Let's go, tell me something. And then out of nowhere, you need to start a church. Woo! Oh, but I didn't want to start a church. But he gives you some, some of those things. So if you're searching, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. But let me give you a, a few little things that can kind of help you on the way. These are just clues. These are just clues. One is passion. What are you passionate about? People tell you to me, hey, Mike, you seem so passionate. Well, I am, Okay. Excuse me that I'm passionate about preaching. I'm passionate about the word. I'm passionate about church. I'm passionate about church growth. And it gets me excited. And last week, the devil tried to get me sidetracked and, and, and just, I felt so monotone. I said, well, whoever comes this week, they're going to get it. They're getting coach break. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And I just might yell the whole time. And we might go an extra hour and a half. Who knows? All right. So. Passion. What are you passionate about? And I'm not talking about the Cowboys, okay? You learned last week you shouldn't get so passionate about them. 
all right? No, you can like cowboys, but what is the thing that keeps you up at night? And some of the women are like, my husband won't stop snoring. It wakes me up every night. Like when someone jam one of those nasal swabs up his nose and clear that out so I can get some sleep. No, I'm not talking about that. What is it that fuels you up? And it doesn't have to be inside the church related, although it could be. Emily, we, we, we highlighted you on, on week, uh, this week on social media. Why? Because you're loving on kids and you're knocking it out. And that may not, you know, like wrestling is your, your passion, but loving on the next generation, to me, that's huge. Shelly, you got a passion for the skateboarders and you're loving on them. What is it that, that is a passion that fuels you? That's a clue. That's a clue. What is it? Uh, second clue is your gift. God, if you're a follower of Jesus, he's given you a spiritual gift, not for yourself. Oh, I got a gift. I'm going to open it and just play. No, it is a gift to give to others. Your purpose, your legacy, you will serve your way there. You're going to serve your way there. And that's what I would say to you in this church right now, Freedom Family, uh, our Freedom Church family. If you're not serving somewhere in here, my challenge to you today would just be asked, why not? What, what is holding you back from taking one step to say, well, I can, I can be a greeter here. I can, I can make people feel warm and welcome here. You want to you know what people, when they come in here for the very first time, and, and people, they will come and they're checking it out for a whole variety of reasons. But we'll have come, people come in. If you've ever been to a church that you haven't been, you haven't been to church in a while, you know how much anxiety that is. You know how much church hurt they're bringing in there with them. And they've taken the risk to come in here and take a step in here. How nice it is to be recognized with a friendly face. That's a big deal. How nice is it to someone say, I'm, gl I'm glad you're here and introduce your name. And then when they come back the next week, they remember their name. But when I, can I tell you something? It's not just the people who are volunteering that are on the first impressions team. Yeah, they'll, they'll judge the sermon and stuff like that, and I'll deal with that, and they'll judge the kids and whatever. Can I tell you something? Collectively, as the whole, they're judging you too. <laughs> you are all on first impressions team. Is this a stuffy church? If, if, if someone comes in here and nobody says hello to them, what, what do you think is their impression of this church? Hmm? Hmm? We are all on the first impressions team. What if you only talk to the same people every single week and, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just talking to my friends and I'm catching up with my friends. What is the impression of this church? This church is full of clicks. I heard somebody say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't get to choose their first impression, but we can, we can do our best to make them feel welcome, to make them feel loved. What, what's stopping you from stepping into serving? Like you can, you can be on the rotation and we would need that. And kids, oh man, to have your kids falling in love with Jesus and building a legacy for the next generation. But just do, wait, when I come, I'm going to come early because I want to welcome people and, and, and meet them. Like it's a big deal. All of these things work together. He's going to use your gifts. He's going to use your gift. Not only in here, more than likely, I'm going to kick you out of church. Your gift is for something out there. You've got a gift to give to your neighbor, to your workplace, to influence them. You got a gift to give online to your social media friends too and post on that. You don't got to post about your worries and anxieties. You can post about hope and freedom. And experiences. Third clue would be experiences. I'm taking too long on my notes and I got so much to go through. Your experiences. 
your passion, your gift, your experiences. If you would receive this, we talk about this so much. Yeah, we're hurt. Yes, we have pain. But if we allow God to heal that, he's going to allow you to heal others. He's going to work through you in a powerful way. So your experiences that we hate, that we wouldn't wish on anyone else. Well, guess what? Somebody else has that. Somebody else is going to go through that and they're going to look to you for hope. And you are the one that God has called. So you go look at your clues and you start activating those. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I don't know who's seen the viral Holy Spirit activate. Holy Spirit activate. Holy Spirit activate. 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 You just got to Google it and look it up. It's, it's amazing. I got that stuck in my head. But you start seeing God move in your life. Paul said it to this. He was, he was, he was spreading he, his legacy to the next generation. Paul's about done, and he's got a, a guy named Timothy. Where we get the letters 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor, and Paul's like, you're going to be the one that leads this next generation. He says, this is why I remind you, Timothy, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. You got to fan that thing into flames. You got to practice it. You got to work. There's a consistency. Listen, you want to see God move in your life. There's got to be some consistency of you and your obedience. You and you're seeking God and asking. You can come to God randomly. He would welcome that. But I'm just going to tell you in my experience, if you come to God randomly, if you just open up the word randomly, once a month I'll come to church just randomly if I feel like it. And I, again, if that's you, I'm okay with that. But the, op the opportunities to see God seem to be just as random. But when I get consistent and I'm hungry and I'm going to put myself in environments and I'm going to get in the word, I'm going to get connected with other people. I'm going to serve and I'm going to use my gifts. I'm going to show up to church and not just be a butt in the seat, but I'm actually going to show up and be present and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be consistent. The people who have done that at Freedom, and that's the only context that I have that I can brag about, is people see God. And it's not random. And when people see God and they experience Him, they don't stay the same. God changes people for the better. So I want a church that's on fire, that fans into flames the gift that God has given you, and He's given you a gift. So I'm passionate. My gift, preaching. He may change that later. My experiences. Church hurt, church leadership, addiction, and I'll speak on those things. But that's, not, that's me, not you. You got to figure that out for yourself and put that into practice. My dream, this is what we got to learn about our legacies. Your dream, it's a process. Or it's a grind. It's a grind. Dreams are frustrating. I have a, to me, I have a vision that God has planted in my life to reach Los Alamos. Ever since I started ministry, I would get to places where you could get a beautiful overview of Los Alamos and just enjoy the scenery. And more often than not, God would just fire me up to just say, we're going to reach this town. I want to reach this town. And so for me, that would fire me up. And so I've been praying this prayer 
to have this dream to see God do a work in Los Alamos so we could reach Los Alamos, which means we reach the lab. If we reach the lab, it means we reach the world. Why? Because people come from all over the world to this tiny little town. They stay here for two or three years, and then what? They go all over the world. There is an epicenter here that could have a global mission, super powerful, that I say the enemy wants no part of. And I'm going to tell the enemy where he can go. Because I would say a small group of engaged followers who are fanning into flames their gift could reach this town, and God's going to do a worldwide movement. This is a very important town on this globe, not because I'm prideful, but because of how it's so much in transition. And if we would see the opportunity on that, and I want to see God move. Well, guess what? I don't see it happening all the time. God seems slow and asleep a lot of the time. I had a friend. I had a friend of mine. He's a pastor in town, great friend of mine. He says, sometimes it seems like it takes God forever to act, to act in a moment. Oh, but when he acts. Whew. Oh, but when he acts. So I got hit with, uh, in the middle of the sermon last week, this heaviness, this spiritual attack. So I'm having it out with God this week. I'm like, what's going on? I want to reach this town. I'm going back to the vision. I don't feel like it's my vision. I feel like God's like saying, you, you planted this in me. Where is it? Where is it? When is it going to happen? Are you awake? Well, I was awake at 2.30 in the morning on Monday night. Not sleeping and angry at God. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm awake. So we're going to talk this out. And so I'm having it out and I'm kind of listening out my frustrations. And I said, okay, God, I'm awake. I'm here. To which God seemingly takes everything I say and flips it and turns it on me. And he said, Mike, I'm awake and I'm here. And it was not chastising. It was not condemning, but it was very firm. To which when you hear that still small voice, whoo, okay, God, you are awake and you are here and you are in control. And he gave me that peace I needed right then and there so I could take some next steps forward that I can work through that in my life. The enemy wants you to think that no one knows. No one appreciates you. No one sees what's going on. So why even try obstacle after obstacle? But I'm going to tell the enemy, and I'm going to shout it loud in his face. God knows. God sees. God cares. He's with you, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. So he's going to say, stuff that what the enemy took for evil. Yeah, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to use that for good. Your dream, yeah, it's not going to happen instantly. It's going to happen on God's timing. I hear Joseph calling way back in the Old Testament saying, come on, can I get in on this sermon? Joseph, you know the story. He had a dream as a teenager. He had a dream as a teenager. He tells his brothers and they get jealous and they beat him up and they sell him into slavery. And Joseph is trying to tell you, hey, your dream, it's a process and it's a grind. He gets sold into slavery, then somehow rises through the ranks because God's with him. God's with you. And then, and then God was still with him when he got charged, of, of accused of, of rape, which he did not do. He was innocent and he got sent into jail. God was still with him working in there. And then God took him to the top. Decades later, Joseph looks at the situation with his brothers and says, 
<laughs> you meant this for evil, but I'm going to shout loud here. God meant it for good. I'll take what the enemy did, and I'll take it, and I'll spotlight that thing, and I'll shift the spotlight to Jesus. And some of us right now, I, why I'm so excited trying to coach you up, you are so fixated on what has happened to you, what the drama was or the trauma was, and it was real, but now it's time to take the spotlight and stop crying and shift it towards God and let him bring some healing and light to that situation so we can move forward. There are people who are desperately in need for hope and a word from God in this situation, and he's trying to do and build a legacy that will last for eternity. I'm so excited, I can't even get it out of my mouth. He's trying to build something for eternity through you, and he wants to reach them through you. Jesus gave his best, so I'm going to give mine. Jesus gave his best, his very best, so I'm going to give mine. I, I only made it through half my sermon. And I, I feel like that might be a good place to stop. I got more, but guess what? I got more sermons to preach. I got more sermons to preach. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> There's, this is good stuff. I'll bring it back for another sermon. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Your dream is a process. Oh, God also brought me to this. I'll read this verse. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Your dream, you need to have an alignment. Joshua, be strong, be brave. Be courageous. I command you because you're not going to feel it. They go and they cross the Jordan River. Finally, a generation that's, that's not going to take another lap around the wilderness. See, I think me choosing to fixate on all the drama, me choosing to fixate on all the things that are wrong. Oh, God, I, you gave me the vision and, and, and this person said no, or I don't see you moving, or they didn't like it. Fixating on that is choosing to take another lap in the wilderness, and I'm tired of taking laps when he's promised the land for me to go into, whether it's success and prosperity, if I would obey him. Well, Joshua gets near the town of Jericho. They're getting ready to take over Jericho in Joshua 6. You know that, but you probably hadn't heard this. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Are you friend or foe? Are you on my side or are you on the enemy's side? And watch this reply. He says, neither. Neither one. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Now, this is really confusing. God calls Israel out of Egypt, saves them, and has given them a promised land. Here's the commander of the Lord's army, Joshua, saying, hey, you're, you're, you're helping Israel. You're on our team, right? You would think, friend or foe, well, I'm on your team. I'm going to deliver Jericho to you, and we're ready to go. Here we are. Neither. Neither. What's he saying here? What's he saying here? Joshua. Your dreams, the things you're trying to do, it's not about getting God on your side. You're trying to get God on your side. And, and our culture and our society pits us against one another. 
you want to wear a mask or you don't want to wear a mask? You're going to get a, a vaccine or you're not going to get a vaccine? You're going to vote for this guy? You're going to vote for this guy? You, what do you think about this racial or in, social injustice? Or what do you think about this? And as soon as you make a statement, we are pitted against one another and we're fighting. And I think there's a third option that God's trying to get us on here. He says there's a third option, neither. We're not taking sides. Even on the most divisive issue, you have God's image in you. You are created in the, gods of, in the image of God. And so we have more united for us than we have that divides us. And a church that gets that will understand that I can love anybody, no strings attached. But I'm not trying to get God on my side. Hey, God, I need you to be on Freedom Church's side. I need you to be on Mike Brake's side. No, 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 neither. I need to align myself and my dreams and my heart on his. I got to get on God's side. At this, Joshua fell to his face on the ground in reverence. He got down. Oh, he bowed down in worship and said, I'm at your command. What do you want your servant to do? <laughs> he swole up and said, you friend or foe, we're about ready to go to war. We, we're going to do this now. You got you got The commander of the Lord's army had a sword drawn ready to go to battle. And Joshua's like, are we ready to go? And then he bows down before him. Ah, the commander of the Lord's army is right. Take off your sandals for you are in a place and you are standing on holy ground. And Joshua did as he was told. The spotlight shifted from my glory to his, from my success to his significance. And he got himself in alignment before he did that first battle in Jericho. He got reminded, this ain't on you. This is on the Lord and you got to get yourself, your dreams, your purposes, your missions. When you step out these doors, make sure that your dreams are in alignment with his. Get in his word, get in a group where people can refine you and, 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 and encourage you and strengthen you when you are in need. This is a message we so desperately need in this time. And so the other people. That's why I'm saying let's get a word from God in this season. Get a word from God in this season. Because there's people around you who need a word from God in this season, and they're going to get it from, from you. God wants to use you. Get in alignment with him, Freedom Church, and we're going to see him move mountains. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the passion in this room. I thank you for the passion that you've given people. They stay up at night. They wake up early in the morning, energized. Some of them wake up later in the morning, energized, but they have something on their mind. They got a book in them. They got a, a nonprofit in them. I want to pray over these dreams that they have. They got, they got something to, to, to help moms. They got something maybe they want to do to help dads. Maybe it's, it's in the science realm. I don't know, but they have this passion. You put it in there. Thank you for that. Thank you for the spiritual gifts that you've given them. Supernatural ways to encourage or lead or discernment. Father, thank you that you've given us a gift, but help us not to hide the gift, but to give it away to other people, to see that it's, it's bigger than us. Help us to see when people come in this room that we have a gift to give to them, be it a first-time guest or someone who's been here a thousand times. Father, I, I, I thank you for the experiences. Although I hated some of my experiences, I see how you work through them and I see how you get the glory and how you took what was evil and you turn it into good and you make it last for eternity. The good stuff. Thank you, Jesus. I pray over these dreams. I pray that they pray big dreams, that you would do immeasurably more 
that we could even think or imagine. And it all starts with just one step of faith. Just one step. Because we're probably not going to see that dream fulfilled immediately. It's a process. It's a grind. Help us in our discouragement to see that and just take one step forward today to get unstuck. And tomorrow we'll focus on that next step. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.